I popped off, cancel your plans. I'm not gonna ball out the lot. We breaking up, open the door. These niggas like tough on their phone. These niggas is getting exposed. No Datra this week, man. My man's probably got stumped out in his sleep or something like that, and he 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 can't get home. he can't get up, he can't move. So he ain't gonna be here. But Tyler is here regardless, Jiggy. Like so, we we're gonna give you guys a show either way, G. So, but yeah, so glad to have you on here, bro. As always. Um, but yeah, Datra, <laughs> dude. I rope that nigga back. I don't know what he did to his back. Whatever he did, he'll do back. Exactly, <laughs> he, he done for a minute. But you know what it is. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Threes from the Ring. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to YouTube and Media. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you listen to us, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, follow, subscribe, rate, like, all of that good shit. But. We have an NBA champion, my nigga. NBA champion of the 2021-2021 season is the Milwaukee Bucks, earning their first NBA title since, I think, 1971 or 72, whichever year that uh, Kareem and Oscar Robson did it. So Early in the 70s, so it's been like 40 years. Exactly. It's been a long-ass time. Neither one of us was around. Uh, at the very most, we were just swimming in our, in our father's uh, testicles at that point in life. But, G, shout out to the Bucks. On fourth straight after being down 0-2 and proceeded to literally pull off an amazing comeback and just look damn good doing it. Shout out to Giannis. That resume is elite. <laughs> we retired today. He's, he's, no, we're going to have to have a discussion. If he retires today, he's top 25 all time. But we'll have a discussion about Giannis ranking once we do our do our annual re-list, our top 50 players list. Um, but Giannis is up there. Chris Middleton looked fucking amazing. Drew Holiday has shown why he is, according to his peers, and probably according to his peers, the best perimeter defender in the league. Like, it's time to give him hit that motherfucking credit. And I'll just now realize I didn't start the YouTube, um, but... Well, with that said, shout out to, uh, shout out to you guys watching us on YouTube. You're just not seeing it start right now, but uh, <laughs> I fucked up. But hey, it happens. But like, comment, subscribe. If you watch us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Threes from the ring. Datra's not here. He has back problems. So, but anyway, back to what I was saying though. Uh, Drew Holiday proved that he is the best perimeter defender in the league. His peers has not been lying or capping on him these past two, three seasons. He is that, and. Just the Bucks as a whole, just Mike Budenholzer. As much as Datra and Datra may have to apologize to Mike Budenholzer on this podcast, because <laughs> the Mike Budenholzer team has finally won a championship. G has finally has won a championship. I do want to give the Suns applause for, despite losing and blowing a 0-2 lead, put up a fight and still giving us a really great series. Outside, yeah, I think it was the game three where they just outright got routed. But yeah, it was game get, three. They got they got they got twenty piece. 
Yeah, but like outside, like we, it was a very good competitive six game series. So like, shout to the Suns putting forth the effort. They might not see this shit ever again because the Western Conference is going to be a freaking hellhole <laughs> next season. Next year, Western Conference is going to be it's going to be ridiculous, bro. It, it is ridiculous. Yeah, but even for the East, even for the East next year, the East is going to get better too. But the Bucks, I think will. I think they will still definitely be the favorite. The Bucks is still going to be one of the favorites. They still going to be a top two, top three team in the East, regardless going to next season. And plus, Giannis just finally has to weight off his shoulders, and now he knows what it takes to win. And that sometimes all it takes is and that one to figure it out. Very convincing fashion as well. Man dropped fifty and what fourteen last night. Fifty. He had a, his stat line was very my career like G. I th- I believe it was fifty, fifteen. Five blocks, probably had five assists as well. So, like, his stat line was ridiculous last night. So, and it was justified. Like, Giannis also is, like, the best player on the court. And I know I'm probably one of the few people who hate crowning somebody being the best player in the league after winning a championship because this kind of has been the narrative the past few seasons of, you win a championship. If you're the best player, you might be the best player in the league. And I blame the time when Kawhi won. This shit started. But Giannis actually might be closer to being best player in the league than we give him credit for. I agree. Like, yeah, but before... You, know, you gotta give credit. Give credit is due. He's... He pushed through everything you know, that he had to go through. Mm-hmm. He didn't listen to what anybody um, had to say about him, you know, not going to be able to win a championship with the Bucks. you know, having to go through the coach change from Jason Kidd to Bruno Hoser. But everything that he went to led up to this point. And I mm-hmm. believe, you know, it was just meant to be for him. He's, he's that next guy in the league where we can say, like, he's always going to be in that, that best player in the league conversation. Right now, you know, based on what you just said, you know, the guy that has the chip, know that's the best player in the league so but i think this year is actually justified though like Kawhi yeah. was just a scapegoat because like what was it that year lebron the lakers didn't make the playoffs and kd's achilles exploded but if you remember closely kd looked like god in that playoffs uh and all of that and then lebron just wasn't in the playoffs that year and then last year Le- the lakers won the championship and just said this hey. year but this year, I, it it's safe to season. say that Giannis deserves to be put in that top three conversation. He deserves it, deservingly. Because, like, the performance I seen was just different, G. Like, we saw him go head-to-head with KD, even though it took Kate if KD just literally had a regular-sized foot <laughs> it would be a different conversation. They just showed, they just showed that picture again, bro. And it's like if his foot was about as big as mine, he would have nailed it, probably. Exactly, but if you, but at the same time, he had your size hero, foot. Bro. But if he had your size foot, and he was a seven foot tall. He had bad feet problems and shit, so that'd be a different situation. Probably. But I think it's, it's. I feel like it's, it's right. It's justified to give Giannis that credit of being in that conversation with KD, Bron, 
in that top three best player in the league discussion. Or if you want to put them best, I won't argue with you. It's just, I think this series made a lot of people realize, include even probably including myself, that Giannis isn't, we don't need Giannis to play like motherfucking KD. We just need Giannis to just play to his strengths. And the bogus part is, is this, he figured out what he's supposed to do and dominate in it and look like the best player on the court. Play to his roles, play to his strengths. His main weakness is still shooting, but gee, he had he's developing. He's still developing. He's still developing. Like he has a that turnaround fade was money most of this series. He's he still had he he has a few little post moves. He's only twenty six. You said what? He's only twenty six. By the way, yeah. This is really the beginning of his prime. Exactly. So he's only going to get better. And I think the only th- I'm not gonna sit and say like he's not I, won't, I ain't gonna sit and say he's a bad free throw shooter, he's not like he's he shoots in the sixties. But he's 70, a determined free throw shooter. Yeah, he's he he'll shoot in the sixties when that's like for man's technically a power forward center. That's okay. Like I ain't gonna I'm like it's it's okay. And plus niggas built like a fucking freight train. Most niggas built like freight trains can't shoot free throws for some odd reason, but. If he was to just develop, don't I'm not even gonna say be a great shooter or be a fucking or be just be get a respectable mid range. And because yeah, thing like is, Giannis the post area for the most part, huh? Around the post area for the most part. Yeah, like if he gets a consistent, where it's like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't have to still half back dive power my way through you, or do certain those type of moves, but. I can fake you out and hit you with a mid-range within, like, the 10, 15-foot range. Gee. Who's stopping that? Hey, nobody. And nobody. That's the crazy thing. Nobody. nobody. So, it's only up for Giannis from here. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Bucks do from here on out. Because, like... Chris Middleton is going like Chris Middleton literally had I think in, had a very impressive playoff run. Drew had a very great playoff, pl- decent playoff run as well. Excuse me, decent playoff run as well. I'm curious mm-hmm. on how they continue to build around them because they all three got max contracts, <laughs> and you got to figure out a way to just surround them with consistent talent because once you win a championship. The price range for your role players always go the hell up. Look at the yep. Lakers last year; they had to pay Kuzma, they had to pay KCP, they had to pay KCP, and because of that, they had to let go. Dwight Howard had to be let go. Rondo had to been let go. Javale had to been let go. So it's gonna be very. I'm very curious to see how they round up that roster because Bobby Porter's is about to be a free agent. He's about to get a bag from somebody. Yeah, like he, Bobby Porter's. Showed his ass in this playoff series in most of the playoff. I mean the finals in the playoffs showed his ass. He deserves it, and he deserves whatever check he's going to get from somebody. He's going to be a really good center for somebody. Um, I think Brooke Lopez contract is going to be due really soon. What do you do with him? Or do you consider putting Giannis at yeah, center more full time? Shit like that. Um. 
who else? Like PJ Tucker's contract is up as well. What do you do with him? So you have players where you have to sit there and figure out like, damn, we gotta pay these niggas. What the hell do we do? Are can we is Giannis good enough to attract like solid role level players to come to Milwaukee? It's st- no matter what, it's still Milwaukee. Can you yeah. attract them to come to Milwaukee and be like, okay, come here and you can win? It's still the East. The only thing we don't still the biggest threat is still KD and the Brooklyn Nets. But even then, they got to figure out their fucking roster. And yeah, I wanted to talk about them a little bit too. Yeah, and with Philly, it's all depends on what they do with Ben really Simmons. Depends on what they decide they're gonna do with, with Ben. Yeah. yeah, like it falls on that. So, <laughs> like in terms of like looking at the East, like the Bucks have a good chance to just probably. Making it back to the finals, but also it depends on what the, the Nets Celtics do. And, what, and, the, and the Celtics and the Celtics might have the what the Celtics do this offseason as well plays a huge role. So it's a it's a it's gonna be interesting to see. But regardless, congrats to the Bucks. I'm happy for you niggas. Happy for Giannis G. Like regardless who won well the deserved. championship, I was gonna be I was gonna be happy for whoever won. Like it, it was well deserved. Um, and all of that, but uh, anything you want to add about the Bucks before we talk about the Suns for a little bit? Um, like like you said, it's well deserved. I think this is like you said, Giannis can only go up even further and elevate even further from this. Um, yeah, this you know, this day moment in the sun, you know, yeah, most there. So let's go ahead and talk about the Suns. Um, they blew it, like I mentioned earlier. They were up 2-0 and proceeded to lose 4-2. Fucking be that way sometimes. Uh, you can sit there. It's easy to point fingers at uh, Chris Paul. Yeah, you can sit there and cap and say, yeah, he was hurt. But if you're on that floor, you got to figure it out. Giannis played with a hyper-extended knee and proceeded to average a stupid-ass stat you, line. That's, that's what else I wanted to say. I forgot that he was hurt. I forgot. Because even that first game he played, what did he? Didn't he have thirty that first game? No, first game he had like twenty and ten. Like he, you could, he looked more rusty than yeah, I was. He had, a, he had a solid double double that game. I forgot he was hurt by by game two, two or three. I forgot he was hurt. Exactly, but like Giannis, I mean, but yeah, but he could throw whatever excuse you want for Chris Paul. Like he. Blew it, outright. I'm I'm out keeping G real. He blew it, he blew it, and then Devin Booker. I think a lot of y'all have to go to a Kobe memorial or mural, and I tweeted this and apologize. Get up I and get on your knees, look up to God and say, God, I'm tell Kobe I apologize for comparing him to Devin Booker. Including Stephen A. Smith because he was the first one. To he was the first to start started. that bullshit ass narrative, and then Twitter just took it and ran with it. And I love Devin Booker. I was a, I've been a fan of Devin Booker's game since Kentucky. So like I rocks with. And rocks he even with, said, like, "Don't compare him to Kobe." Yeah, he even we said, "Like, that. yeah, that's not what he wanted." Like, even though, yeah, is he a Kobe disciple? Most definitely, but he said, "Don't do that to him." But we like. Even then, even regardless, Devin Booker didn't play up to expectations as well as he should. 
especially in that final game, like the la- like last night's game, he literally looked horrible. Um, Aiden, I understand. Aiden just had that man was guarding Giannis seventy percent of the yeah, series. Yeah, he worked that out first. And Giannis was on despite the having an amazing playoff leading up before this. You had to deal with a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I understand that you probably just didn't have the energy to just keep up. But even still, you he didn't look as dominant and potent excuse me, as uh as he did in previous series. So like if the Sun like after after uh game two, the Suns just lost it. They probably in like they couldn't even get consistent production from the others besides Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's probably the Jay Crowder and Cameron Payne. No, even Cameron Cameron Payne didn't really wasn't that good until last night. But like Crowder was probably consistently probably the most consistent son. And I know that might sound yeah. ridiculous and you might listen to this podcast and say, yo, this nigga tweaking, but after game one, Crowder Crowder defensively was wasn't that bad. Game one, he was the best defender on the floor. Yeah, until it just niggas got hot. But Crowder consistently did what he was supposed to do: hustle, play good defense, and shoot threes. He was consistently the probably the most consistent son. I ain't gonna call him the best son. The most consistent son on the court this whole series. And that's not a good Sorry, thing. This is my job, and this is what I need to do. Exactly, and, and like he made, he yeah, and he made some plays that was very important. They either get the momentum swaying their way, or at least keep keep the lead going until shit went left. But Crowder was pretty damn consistent. I Cam Johnson was really decent as well. He's he's going to get it. He's gonna be really fucking. Cam Johnson's gonna get paid. Cam Johnson's gonna be like I don't know what his three point percentage was for this season. I'm gonna look look it up real quick as I'm talking about him, but that boy gonna be a problem in a few more years. G, maybe start. It's probably sooner Bridges than that. Was pretty was pretty solid. And Bridges was really part. solid too. Like like I would say they role players were solid, but it doesn't help when Chris Paul is turning the ball over. Devin Booker is getting in foul trouble, so fucks up what you can possibly do. Or and in the fact that Devin Booker felt like he had the gun as well. So <laughs> shit happens. Um so and, and even then, like I feel like over the course of the series, Cam Johnson was losing his stuff and then even Cameron Payne just didn't have an impact either on the game much either. So man, he only damn Cam Johnson in the second year? Oh, he still got time to get better. Most of they, most of they core is, you know. But I think what, how long has Mikael Bridges been? In the I think this is his fourth, fifth year. But yeah, uh, this honestly the first year where I really got a good look at him too. Same. Like, and I watched a lot of Suns games on league pads in previous years, but he never stood out on the court like compared to he did in previous years. Uh, this p- season, Cam Johnson shot thirty five percent from three, but his rookie year he shot forty percent. So it probably just had yeah, an off year. But I'm pretty sure for the playoffs, he's a, he's a he's a steady shooter. But sometimes they percentages go. He only went down like what five percent. So that's not yeah, it's that's not that not bad. bad. Just and he shot more 
this year as well. So that probably plays a role. Right. But uh, and but for the playoffs, for the playoffs, he shot forty four percent from three. Like hey, like he's only yeah, like he's, said, he's gonna only gonna special. get better. If he does stay with the Suns. He's still gonna you know. Yeah, he's he's only he's gonna, only gonna get he's better. Gonna get he's not scared of the moment. He's an okay defender. He still develop as a way better defender. Plus he's six fucking eight, so he's tall and langly. So he's only like the Suns. Hey. The Suns might not. I don't see the Suns getting doing much. Like they're gonna be. And if Chris Paul returns, they're still going to be in a conversation next year. I but, think regardless, they're going to be a team that you, you're not going to put them down easily. I think because yeah. of the experience that they have right now, they're going to take this. Because I'll be honest, I don't think that they're going as far as they as they went this year next year. Hell no. But I definitely think they're not a team that you're going to put them down in, you know, in four or five games. Hell no. But, I don't like they. They got, you're gonna have to fight. Yeah, you have but to they fight. Got a, um, they got a. They got a. Um, look, next year Devin Booker, he got to learn to be a smarter defender. He's not the best defender on the, on the floor, but he's not the worst defender neither. But he has to play a lot smarter defensively. At yeah. least you know, just stay out of foul trouble. Because like you said the other day, you know, you could be a bad defender but not foul people all the time. Yeah, it's a diff. It's like. Part of defense is just moving your feet. Like if if this was the '90s, Devin Booker would be a, a pretty decent defender because he's handsy. He, he like because yeah. that's what he do. He likes he's handsy, but he's also stupid because he gets a little too physical with his hands. It the modern the modern way to play defense nowadays is staying in front of your person and moving your legs and just energy. If you could put a little hands on them, but you gotta be very tactical with it. It sounds very weird, right. but so De- if Devin Booker just has to learn that, and like if I know he's about to go to Tokyo, so you're gonna be with Drew Holiday, pick that nigga brain. And, Shit, and Chris Middleton. Chris, you gonna be on the flight with them niggas? Chris pick their brains. Is a solid defender. So that was another underrated thing about the series. Chris Middleton really showed how solid of a defender he was. He was before. always a solid defender. Like you, I ain't gonna call him good, but he, he's always been a solid defender. But Devin Booker just—if he gets better defensively, like just to be okay, at the very best, be okay, and and bring your foul totals down to probably like two a game. That's a that's a difference. Because Devin Booker, yeah. let's just say Devin Booker never got in foul trouble in game five, was it? They probably be up. They win that game. The five, six game. minutes he was not on the court and he was on fire, you needed those points. You just needed him on the floor. It would have made a difference. So Devin Booker probably going to, like, I believe Devin Booker going to realize what he got to do and get better. I'm not really concerned about him. Aiden, I think it's only going to get better. Only thing I really ask yeah. Aiden is just be more confident. Be more confident, consistently aggressive. Yeah, like just be more confident, consistently aggressive, and all of that. And I think the main question with the Suns is like, what do you do with Chris Paul? Like, do you let him walk? Do you give him money for the next couple of seasons and see if y'all can possibly run it back? Because I, I think you don't got to worry. Aiden, yeah, you gotta well, you gotta throw eight, you gotta pay Aiden this summer. 
regardless. And like you just do you want to enter luxury tax to make sure this to see if y'all can run it back next year, even though the West is about to be a fucking war zone because the wars is going to be back. The um, wars will be back. The wars is going to be back in the picture. Hopefully, hopefully, I ain't gonna put. Hopefully, (laughs) but the Warriors might be that might go for a run. The Lakers is gonna be back and healthy and might be reloaded a little bit. Um, the Jazz will be still in there. The Jazz is still gonna be solid. Um, the Clippers. Kawhi getting that ACL surgery and ridding up that. A partial ACL tear is the same as in terms of getting surgery because he was better off probably not getting surgery and just letting it hopefully heal naturally, I believe. I don't remember. But him getting the surgery, he's going to be out the same amount of time as if he was as if he had a regular ACL tear. So he might be out for a bulk of next season. The Clippers is not going to be that good regular season-wise, but no, but there's a possibility that Kawhi might not even play next season because we know how Kawhi Leonard is when it comes to injuries. Exactly. So, we don't know what the and Clippers... And even though I expect him to re-sign with the Clippers... But if know, I'm the Clippers, I'll probably does. be like... If I'm the Clippers, I'm like, go explore your options. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a possi- it's a possibility that he doesn't. He yeah. can go somewhere. Yeah, but um, but yeah, like the Clippers, it depends what they do this off season. But yeah, the, but and the Nuggets is gonna be good. So it's 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 a good chance the West is gonna be a war zone altogether. And Lord knows who else might just come out from the West and just get great. Like New Orleans could still magically get good. The the Grizzlies are still in the conversation. Uh. For all we know, the Timberwolves figure it out. <laughs> so, like, it's 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 going. The West is going to be really interesting next year, and then, yeah. so yeah, so like the Suns, this was probably the best chance they had. But I understand if you choose to keep Chris Paul, it keeps you in that like, hey. We've been there. We could probably do it again, but there's a difference. AD's going. AD probably will be healthy. LeBron is going to be healthy. Jamal Murray is back, and Jokic might want his revenge for getting his ass slapped up by you niggas. So on, and so forth. So, but overall, like I'm happy for the Suns. They did. They thug Dizzle G. Like they really did. They thug Dizzle. Uh, Shout out to Monty Williams too, because he oh, went, my, after the game he went and talked to their lock, the Bucks locker room. You know, congratulated them. There's not too many coaches that you hear that would really do that. I'm pretty sure there is some other ones, but he, you know, we got him on record, you know, saying nice things about, you know, for them, you know, encouraging them and congratulating them. So you know, shout out to him as much as he's been through. You know, that's a great experience for him, just even being able to get to the finals as a black coach. Yeah. So yeah, but shout out to Monty Williams, like he's a great coach, really great coach. Even though somebody did tweet that the Monty if the Suns go down be down 20, 20 points, he's gonna give a speech about how uh to be great 
that they're great black men and they got to be great role models to young black boys. I cried, G. I was like, come on, G. <laughs> what the hell that got to do? But he knew he making those type of speeches, though. But he it, it works, though. But uh, shout out to the Suns, though, G. I'm, I'm happy for them. They had their yep. moment. It's just unfortunate that you just ran into Giannis, G. That's what happened. Um, but yeah, so uh, one yeah, last. Let's go back to the, the NBA season. That's this has been one of the best playoffs. Playoff this was a good playoff. I've watched in a while. This is really good. I always say unpredictable basketball is great basketball, and it was very unpredictable. Every single thing that we thought was gonna happen, it, it got we got flipped on our heads this this time around. So I was I was very happy with this year's playoff. Yeah, the playoffs this year was really freaking good. Like I would say almost every series to an extent had its moments where it was just like you had to watch tune in at some capacity. Especially like yeah. in the second round. But um before we move on from uh basketball or at least move on from the finals, uh in the midst and I, I really hate this is the only issue I had with Giannis. Nigga, you just had to you just had to mention super teams and shit like that during your press conference. Oh, yeah. And now the whole world is like Oh my God, super teams and shit, and niggas are calling the Bucks a super team. Shit, I'm like, nigga, this no. is not a super team. They are a. This is a, and this and this is the thing. It's nothing wrong with super teams, but also some niggas just literally calling every team a super team isn't fair. Like, I think some niggas believe LeBron and AD is a super team. It's not. It's just a duo. <laughs> it's just a fucking duo, G. Uh, like the Bucks is not a super team. They're nowhere near super team. They are like they're close in the organic sense, but Chris Middleton's an all star, but he's not a star. He's an all star. Drew Holiday's Drew an all star. Was a former all star, but he's yeah, not a Drew superstar. Holl- well, I and, yeah, and Drew Holiday is a all star level player, uh, amazing defender. But he's an all-star level player who isn't an all-star because he hasn't been an all-star since in years, I believe. So yeah, it's been since like his second or third year. Yeah, so it's been a long time since Drew Holiday actually uh, been in seen an all-star game. But he's an all-star level player. He's respected. He and he's like his numbers don't lie. You know, let's just put it that way. But they're not a super team. Giannis is just that fucking great, and Chris Middleton Giannis is, is a generational talent. Exactly, and Chris Middleton just stepped up to play high level, but also the Bucks is a well constructed team. Yeah, above this all, this is like the first. This is like the the Bucks are kind of like the first Warriors team that won. I wouldn't that first Warriors team wasn't really a super team. Yeah, the, like the Warriors wasn't a super team. Just they, they didn't become super guys. until KD got there. Because then now you have you have four All Stars, but Draymond is. Not a normal all star. Draymond's not as not necessarily a superstar himself. He just has a good. He is very very good at playing his role. Yeah, he he, he made all star teams because of it. So, it's weird in terms of that. But you an organic team can rise to become a super team. Let's just put it that way, because you can yeah. argue that the war the Warriors for KD got there was a super team because they had three all stars. One superstar and Steph. Clay was a star. 
Draymond being an all-star level player. And Andrew Bogut was an all-star previously. So you can make a case. <laughs> and Iggy. And Iggy was there too. So like Iggy is all, was a former all-star level player. You can make a case. But niggas would sit there and say Andrew Bogut and, and, uh, and Iggy were not all-star levels players at that point. So it's like. Okay, but that's, but, but that's the whole point of the conversation. It's not, you know, just because they're not at that at that point, don't make them a um a super team. Because exactly. let's say, like even with 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 um OKC when they had their big three, I wouldn't have called them a super team at first because they drafted all of those guys. But they were all they were still coming yeah, into but their they own all grew to be three all star level players. Yeah. So like you can argue that oh like they somewhat of, like, like you could argue that they were somewhat of a super team, somewhat, but they were still just too young and then the term wasn't being thrown around like that. But yeah. the itch, but it's just my issue with it is like the Bucks is just a well put together team to have two legit all stars, one of them being a superstar, one being an all star, with. Drew, who's a former all-star, but is an all-star level player, which is weird. I'm not, at this point just borderline all-star. I just call him borderline all-star. Yeah. Brooke Lopez is a former all-star level talent. People forget that Brooke Lopez was freak, used to freaking be good. That was Amazing. a guy like five, six years ago. I want to say he never averaged more than double figures in rebounds, so he was like more of a 20 and 9 guy. You know that he don't like rebounds. But he, was he was a legit score. He was a first option. Score. He was a yeah. He was a nigga was a walking post bucket. G. Yeah. But Lopez used to give niggas hell in the uh in the in the paint. But then he turned to a three point shooter at some point of his career. But but Brooke Lopez is an all star level talent. Um. Okay, that's it. And PJ Tucker is a really good defender. And PJ Tucker is a really good defender. <laughs> but like they have a really put together roster. Mugs know they rolls. Mugs step up when they need to step up. You have four or five dudes who can easily give you double figures with no problem. They're just a well put together team. And you gotta give them credit for that. Now, this is my issue is when people bring up super teams, and this is why Matt Yannis brought it up. It's nothing wrong with players building teams. It's really not. Because I hope also that back in the nineties, niggas should have teamed up to beat the Bulls. They probably would have got him at least one or twice. If if niggas wasn't scared of free agency, the Bulls would have got got eventually. Let's just put it that way. If Charles yeah. Barkley realized he could have went to I mean to the Rockets sooner, he would have. If Clyde Drexler realized, okay, it's just not working here in Portland, he should have left sooner. That those are the type of points that need to be made, but um, it's just a different era. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Bucks was just a one of the very few teams that actually was able to do it organically. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we look at the previous champions. It's because some players said, "Fuck it, I want to go here." And it worked. The Lakers, because LeBron said, I want to go here. And then AD said, fuck them young niggas. I want to go to L.A. Sorry, Drew. I love you, though, my nigga. 
and proceeded to go to L.A. And then the Lakers became what they were. And they be mad. Won the championship. You look at the look at the freaking Raptors. Mostly of most of, mostly is organic, but it took Kawhi saying, "I want the fuck up out of here," and look what happened. He wins the championship after KD Achilles imploded. KD says, "I want to go to the Warriors. I want to fucking win." Hey, guess what? I won two championships in a row. The Warriors was organically built, so that's just a little different. But they were organ they only won one while organically built. Um Cavaliers, LeBron just said he wanted to go back and Kevin Love just Kevin Love just slowly slowly but surely just dwindled. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that that wasn't really that much of a super team. It 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 started off as a super team, but it's just by that third year, Kevin Love what arguably by that second the second time they were in the final the second the 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 three one when the Warriors blew three one lead, Kevin Love wasn't shit. <laughs> That's why they had to do what they had to do. But yeah, so so yeah, like you could look at it and be like, oh well regardless, it just seems like players do a better job building and picking what they want to do than some of these teams. The Bucks did yes. a great job building the squad. I also kind of give the Raptors credit too because it took Masai Ujiri saying, "I want turning De- Demar Derozan into Kawhi Leonard." It made a hell of a difference. <laughs> so, some it's like, but regardless, a lot of these gyms don't know how to build teams. If you know how to build teams, you wouldn't have to rely on your stars to recruit. Exactly. Like Giannis like didn't have wouldn't do fucking most teams that are laughing stocks wouldn't be laughing stocks right now if they at least knew how to build a team that can make a playoff series every year. Exactly. Dame wouldn't be questioning what what he wants to do because he re- he's gonna ask out. This thing. He's yeah. going to ask out. There's nothing more that he can do for that team, and they don't every and- single year. They make a move that does not move the needle. We forward. say this every Whether it's year. Whether coaching change, they get a bench player that's not going to do anything for them. They just doing stuff, whatever, to really make the playoffs. And I said it. They either going to have to miss the playoffs entirely or get their ass beat in the playoffs really bad again for him to be like, okay, this and isn't I, it. And I only think it's going to be that. They This is going to happen. They're going to go this offseason. They're going to they're gonna put CJ McCollum on, on the trading block. CJ and Yerkich is gonna be on trading block, of course. That's what I'm saying. This is the but, this but this is thing, it. any team with common sense is gonna be like, I'm not trading my assets for CJ with a bad back and Yerkich and Yerkich who is nigga seven foot two and soft. Sucks. I want to say sucks. Soft. You need what AD did to that. Sucks. What AD did to that nigga in the bubble was just humiliating. Humiliating. So, yeah, man's home country. Literally, but so. What was I saying? But yeah, Giannis was in a very fortunate position where I would at least sit there and say the Bucks put forth the effort to build a team around him. There was they they've been a top team in the East. All they did was turn Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday, which is the. But they could have did that any sooner. If they would do it sooner, it would have been way better. 
Because I, I think I was saying, shit, fuck it. Turn Chris it Middleton was- to James Harden this season and watch what happens. Turn Chris Middleton to Bradley Beal, see what happens. But Chris Middleton stepped up, so I don't have to. I literally, I, I have no, I have no more slander for Chris I Middleton. No Ill will I have no more ill will towards that nigga. I will not call that nigga Chris Middleton anymore until proven otherwise. But you turn Eric Bledsoe, who was not giving you shit on neither either end of the floor. I still believe his all his uh his first his all defense. Should have been Drew Holiday's. The nigga has not. I still need he somebody really to tell me. I still, I still, still need to know who Eric Bledsoe clamped up. Because as far as I know, the last time I saw him stick defense was on Terry Rozier, and he sent that man to. He sent that man home. He acted like he didn't know who he was after he got crossed up. Sent that so man to God. Know. So, but yeah. So, you turn Drew. You turn. Eric Bledsoe and the Drew Holiday, who is the best permanent defender in the league, who can give you between 15 to 25 a night. You got something. And also, Drew Drew is a very underrated point guard. So yeah, he's he started so, the league as a point guard. So you, you got better at the point guard position. Giannis only got better. All you had to do was just Get it together and hope Coach Boot and Budenholzer then fuck you over, but she didn't. But she they didn't. So overall, when it comes to super teams, Giannis lucked up that the Bucks give a damn about winning and realize like, oh, they made the right moves to make sure they were in a winning position. Right. Comparing to somebody like Dame, who's been. In Portland for ten plus years, it hasn't gotten shit, but swept by the Warriors consistently. Swept out the playoffs consistently, and luckily he has a few game winners that we remember in the playoffs. So we just we know it's not Dame. We we know that Dame's carrying this, these niggas as much as he can, but regardless of the fact. Dame has a history. So much caring. The the Blazers, yeah, the Blazers have not done nothing to help Dame out in a Western Conference because they say we made the playoffs. He's getting us to the playoffs. Okay, and this is what I'm gonna say: Giannis didn't have to run for the ground because the Bucks gave a fuck. Dame has been grinding for ten plus years and hasn't gotten shit but a broom up his ass. So fuck the grind from the grind. If Dane wants to go somewhere for the fucking super team, let him. So be it. It's been warranted. It's been warranted. Because honestly, when you think about it, that's when most guys, you know, after about 10 years in the league, when they've, you know, maybe maybe some of them might have made one final, but after that couldn't get back there, you know, the team itself is slowly declining. After about 10 years of that, you kind of question like, okay, What's my next move? Because obviously this team isn't trying to put anything else around me. It was the same thing with LeBron. Cleveland was not trying to put – they didn't want to put anybody else around him. They couldn't get anybody else to come there. He was literally carrying him since he got into the league. Them niggas picked Antoine Jameson over Amari Stoudemire, G. And that's all I needed to know. Because I thought – Even though I was sitting there and say, 
I will sit here and say this. Amari Stoudemire back was his back or his knees. I forgot which one. Were slowly turning into freaking cookie crumble. It was his knees because remember he had the micro. Oh yeah, it was his. It was his knees. His knees were slowly becoming fucking cookie crumble. Amari Stoudemire at that point was still a really amazing power forward. And if you was to give that version of LeBron, Amari Stoudemire, in his final year at Cleveland, you would he probably would have beat the Celtics. Yeah, they would have. Amari was still really good that last year. Amari had Going a habit of, Amari used to give Tim Duncan fits. Amari used to give Tim Duncan fits. So I know he would have yeah. gave KG hell. With no problem. At all. So, it's just Cleveland didn't make the proper moves until LeBron sat there and said, I right, bye. And then he had to come back. He says, like, hey, they got Kyrie. I fucks with that nigga. All right. Hey, fuck that nigga Wiggins. Give me Kevin Love. <laughs> See? Literally. But, yeah, but... Super Team narrative, I'm tired of it. Stop that shit. It's lame as hell. Uh, it's going to keep happening. I know it is, but regardless, it's very few teams that were built organically that consistently win. Let's put it that way, especially in this era. And I will say this. Even for said Super Teams, it's going to be hard to be a dynasty in this era. It's too much talent spread across the league right now yep. where you can just be like, okay, we're going to win four, five, six championships. No, you're going to have to show us that you can win at least one because KD, Kyrie, and Harden can't even stay healthy enough to get out the conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it's to be seen. I'm all for, I'm all for whatever is happening. I, lo- I love the way the league, the direction of the league is going. I think we, we might – we're going into another good era of the league right now. Yep. So I'm looking forward to where things go next. But next season is going to be really more fun. Hopefully the Delta variant doesn't uh, run a rough shot among, among uh, this country even further. And also, uh, I don't think you heard, but there's a gamma variant out here. So, that so, means them motherfuckers run around like the Hulk. There's a Hulk variant of COVID, G. <laughs> it's oh, it's wild. Let's go ahead and get into wrestling. Um... We got to uh, rewind to Hell in the C- I mean, why do I keep calling it Hell in the Cell? Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. Well, before Money in the Bank. Yeah, so Money in the Bank. Um, SmackDown. So, oh, SmackDown. Go ahead and, uh, you go ahead and talk about SmackDown. All right, so the first uh, SmackDown with fans back, damn near everybody got a pop because they were just that excited to be back in those arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off the show with the uh, with the six man tag between um, Edge and the Mysterios. Edge got such a huge pop. Um, Mysterios got a decent pop as well. Roman got a a huge pop. And like you said last week, like the fans are really going to show who they really were messing with during the whole Thunderdome era, who they weren't really feeling. So um, you know they had a that, the six man tag between Edge and the Mysterios and um, Roman and the Usos. Uh, Roman and the Usos came out with the win after uh, they got a, a, a assisted roll-up on Rey Mysterio. After the match, um, they tried to attack them again, and Edge uh, 
end up putting Roman in the in the crossbar talk um in the crossbar choke with the um with the thing from the steel chair. Mm-hmm. Um Finn Balor uh Man, came back return. after that, I believe. Oh, yeah, I say yeah. Finn, Finn made his return, which is pretty huge. He came back to um. He's gonna be on the SmackDown brand now. Probably going to go into a, a a program with Sami Zayn, which I think is a good idea. I think they'll they'll chop it up really nice. Sami's still going through his his his, uh, his denial phase, as Kevin Owens would say. Um. What was after that? Oh. After that, we actually had a pretty good uh, women's championship match between Bianca Belair and Carmella. Yeah. They are getting a rematch this Friday at Rolling Loud. I'm still interested to see how that's going to go because it's going. I didn't know it was going to be in two spots until yeah, next week. Part of it's going to be at Rolling Loud. The other half is in Cleveland. Yeah. Um. What else happened this month? Oh, we got a pretty decent match between Otis and Cesaro. I'm honestly been very, very entertained with Otis. I think this heel turn was the best thing that they did for him so far. He's interesting. I think it's very interesting. He actually he came out with the win. Over, well, no, no, no. I take that back. Cesaro won the match, but Otis, um, you know, proceeded to to manhandle him. You know, put put him down to the uh, to the mat. So. Otis and Chad Gable, there. I like I like the pairing a lot. I think it's it's something to keep both of them, you know, on TV. Um, I definitely expect them to get a rematch this um, Friday. Um. Oh, Edge and um, and Seth Rollins had another segment where um, where Seth Rollins told him, you know, you kind of in my way, you know, because of that, I'm gonna have to put you down. So. You know, be be aware of that. He said, "Be aware." He told that man, "You're not even going to beat Roman either." <laughs> he did. He made sure, hey, he made sure he didn't beat Roman. I'll give him that. He, yeah, he said he, he made sure. And he now all sure. hell is about to break loose between those two. That's going to be a very very fun uh, fun rivalry between yeah. those two. Um, uh, I think that was it. It was a few other, what main event? Oh, the Baron set the Baron Corbin set. Oh yeah, Baron Corbin's just going through it at this point. Like Baron uh, Corbin came out and said, bad. "My daughter can't. My daughter is sick because she got to eat spaghetti out of can. I need y'all to donate a hundred k to me so I can keep up with these bills." Like my man's. It was. It's just a very funny segment. It's what whatever they're doing, ready to do with Baron Corbin right now is very entertaining. Yeah, like Baron Corbin. Baron, people don't get like I, like one thing about Baron Corbin, he knows how to draw heat, and it's like he's been. I, what was it, the past since he's been in the company? He has had the most interesting character dynamics because he went from the lone wolf to Constable Corbin, the King Corbin, and now he's. I'm broke. Work boy, somewhat so, broke. Boy. Yeah, so it's like exactly. So like, Corbin plays knows how to play his roles really well. Like he does an amazing yeah. job at it. And plus, he he draws heat. Like the crowd still hates this nigga. Like he he naturally Very is much. a hated guy. 
and that's what keeps people wonder what why like why does he keep appearing on TV? Because he's a great heel. That's what keeps you around is being great at your freaking job, and he's a great heel. But um, oh yeah, then the, that fatal four way happened. Oh wait, Big E had an interesting moment with Paul Heyman. Oh, with Paul Heyman yeah. to your boy. He was telling you know your boy gonna get whooped. He said your boy got to get whooped, and Heyman face is just like what the hell. But I like how they just also, still teasing. It's like the tease of like eventually, like you know, long term is going to be Roman versus Big E eventually down the road. But it's, it's like just these little scenes that they're playing right now are very entertaining. Exactly, but uh, yeah, they had a fatal four way. Seth Rollins won, and then he did the. Uh, I call it the kiss of death when you climb up the ladder at, after you win yep. like a match and you touch the you, t- <laughs> you touch the money in the bank. That's the kiss of death. So we knew he wasn't going to win at that point. <laughs> it was just like, all right, we know it's not going to happen. But yeah, so SmackDown was decent though. First show in front of the crowd was really dope. Uh, fans was really decent. But uh, let's go ahead and move over to uh, Money in the Bank. I don't know why I keep calling Hell in the Sale, but Money in the Bank. Usos and uh, the Mysterios fought in the kickoff show. Usos won. Uh, decent match. I expect them to get a, a return match either sometime on SmackDown or they may do another match at um, SummerSlam. More than likely it's going to be at SummerSlam. Uh, they just going to let them just keep going back and forth for a minute. Uh, then, then, then the women's money in the bank happened. Uh, Nikki Cross uh, won. Shout out to Nikki Cross. She's also now your women's, uh, your Raw's women's uh, champion right Raw now. Champion. She ca- she cashed in on uh, Charlotte la- uh, on Raw the other night. Shout out to Nikki Cross. Do your thing. Uh, niggas is mad, but it be that way sometimes. Anything you want to add? I wouldn't say that they was that mad because a lot of people was actually, they, she got one of the best reactions over the weekend too. During the during the ladder match and on Raw on Monday, yeah, but you also know, but you, know, but you yeah, also have to wrestling community. You know, we're, yeah, we're talking about the people who said this gimmick is trash, and how in the hell this got passed up for what Peyton Royce was trying to sell, but Peyton Royce was probably trying to sell a goddamn Jeep as a motherfucking uh, you know, trying to sell a a, a, a Buick as a Cadillac, and this man said no. <laughs> so, hey. But anyway, but shout out to Nikki Cross. Then we have, um, oh yeah, the Raw Tag Team Championship. AJ almost, uh, Viking Raiders almost looks amazing. He's going to be really almost really good. showed that he has a lot of potential in this match. And he just, and you could tell he he really enjoys being in the being a being in the ring. Yeah. So shout out to almost. Um, each match, I, he's just getting better and better. Uh, then we had Ray Ripley versus Charlotte. Really hard-hitting match. Charlotte ended up winning. Shot to Charlotte. Respect. Time Women's Champion now. Yep. Then we have Bobby Lashley versus Kofi, where Kofi literally got his ass beat. Got decimated. Literally got his ass beat. At least he got some offense this time around, but that boy got beat. Like he got beat. Like, like 
was like to the, to the two minute mark of the match, it was already over. Bobby yeah. was just toying with him. He took it. He said he was going to take his time beating the shit out of him. So he kept his. Bobby looks stronger than ever again. He just unfortunately has to fight the one known as AutoZone Bill. Although I do have, I actually do kind of have a theory about it. I'm gonna wait till we get to to the uh, Raw segment. All right. Uh, then men's money in the bank, really freaking great match. Kevin Owens died for yes. our sins. Uh, Drew McIntyre got dragged away by uh, Mahal and the <laughs> Big Mahals. <laughs> Took that nigga away. He really came. He was finna grab the briefcase, and they both came and dragged him off the ladder, beat him with chairs, and then Jinder's like, "Get him up, take him to the back." Took him to took him to the boom boom room. <laughs> he literally dragged that man's lifeless corpse. Uh, but yeah, really good money, money in the bank. They had some really good um uh high spots. Ricochet had a very a really good flip in the match, but he did a flip over the top rope. He got so much hang time or in slow motion he had enough time where he could have did another flip if he wanted to. Probably could have. Ricochet's crazy but good. Ricochet also is finally in actual ring, ring gear. gear. He uh because his theory of he gotta work his way back to the top. Is I guess over with, and plus fans are back, so I guess that plays a role too, you know. So shot to Ricochet uh, for having this moment, but Biggie won by big ending. Seth Rollins off the ladder, off and proceeded to another climb that. beautiful moment in the match. They proceeded to have his moment, G. So shout out to Biggie. His moment is any time now. I'll consider and say it's any time now. So I'm happy for Biggie though. Um, if I'm Big E though, if I was him, I'd be like, I'm cashing in at Mania. Put me in at the WrestleMania main event now. If I was him, that's what I would do. But even though I don't think, well, yeah, because he he could do it where like I'm a cash in, but this is when it's going to be. So his man, if he was to like how John Cena did it to CM Punk, where he told him when he was going to cash in. So like mm-hmm. he can that Roman has to you know prepare for him or they got to prepare for each other something like that exactly so I'm I'm down for that uh, that's a good idea but yeah we'll see where things go then we had Edge versus Roman very um, very good match very good match once again Roman is just so freaking amazing in the ring now Edge still got the juice like that um. They did a good job just making where just both looked good. Edge looked great. Reigns looked amazing. Just such great work. Um, it was funny when the uh, when the what was it? The referee died and the Usos walking up and the yeah. Mysterios just magically popped up. And then we sitting there thinking like, it's fun- well, it was funny because. I remember when the Usos popped up, and I seen two people pop up in the background. I'm thinking they were workers because you couldn't really see their faces. Yeah, it was just, the way that the camera, camera was set up. Was... All you see is them come up and hit the big from behind, pause. But yeah, like that was that was that was that was fun. That was really fun. So then and they after... came out, and that opened up the door to Seth coming out and super kicking Edge in the head while Edge had Roman in the crossface. And from that point, it, the, it was pretty much. Over it, Seth, Seth, Seth ruined it for Edge, and now Edge is going to turn to quote unquote a six hundred bitch again and try to try to end that man's life. 
Pretty much. That, that's literally what them niggas fought in the look. I don't think they made protocols for things to do and not to do. I'm not fighting in the crowds, G. <laughs> I'm not. It's, that that just wasn't the bright thing to do. Like I barely want them touching the fans on entrances. They shouldn't, honestly. Yeah. But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So with all that being said, after that match, wasn't very Roman bright. Was like, Roman told the crowd, "Now you guys, you gotta acknowledge me." I done took out all your heroes, except one. And then here, the, the trumpet sounded, and you know Superman came back from the sun, aka Hollywood. Um, John Cena came back. He had probably the set, maybe the the biggest, but arguably the second biggest pop of his career. The, the I Royal Rumble the biggest, pop is still the Royal Rumble dude. pop was amazing because nobody thought he was coming back that soon. Like that Royal Rumble pop was of legend, G. Like, and then he was in New York, so it was like, yeah, everything about it was just like, yo, this is this hits, this hits. So yeah, but Cena came back. Fronted Roman, just looked them. Roman just got that look of, "Why are you here? Why are you here, bro?" Like I'm, I'm like, need you. like so you telling me that I have to hurt, destroy another one of y'all heroes? Because I'm looking, I'm looking forward to his promo on Friday, G. Roman's yeah, promo on Friday, G, is going to be fun. But this is the thing: Cena's going to come back, and he, they're going to go back, back to back, and I can't wait. Cena's gonna be there Friday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the, they're gonna go back to back on the promos this Friday. Niggas is gonna keep bringing up when the first time they they rivalry the first time and that nigga Roman just looked flustered. But this is a different Roman Reigns. Very different. Very different, G. So it's like it's gonna be funny to see them bar each other up. But um, but yeah, hell, I'm that concluded a oh, uh, uh, really good. That was the second best pay per view of the year to me. So far, yeah, I give it that. Mm-hmm. I definitely give it because everybody showed out. Um, once again, fans being back just it's a you kind of miss the dynamics, difference. you really just miss the dynamic of the fans being back. So then, with Raw, excuse me, Raw this Raw week, started off the show with didn't start the show with Cena, yeah. Cena came out, said that, uh, said, fuck that nigga Rome, he's an asshole, I gotta humble this man. I'm like, well, damn, nigga. That's how you really feel. And he had his um his bro moment with Matt Riddle. That was pretty cool. That's another another rub to Matt Riddle, Riddle by the way. Yep, Riddle was getting that rub. But he also, he, he, he the case was dropped, so it's safe to, you can do whatever, you can push the man without having to be like, oh, shit, shall we? So it's safe to use my boy now. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, so they had their moment. Uh, then Matt right Riddle that, and the Viking Raiders six. versus Morrison, AJ, almost, which was a decent match. I have no complaints at all. Um, who I forget who won. John Morrison and um AJ almost won, did they? I believe they did. I don't remember. I think they did. No, no, the Viking Raiders won. 
Oh yeah, they did because yeah. I think John Morrison took the pin. Yeah. So then we have Elias and Jackson Riker in the Symphony of Destruction match. I did not watch this match because Jackson Riker I don't fuck with. So you could tell the people about that match. Um, for the most part, I just like the match type. I'm still, I still, I like Elias as a uh, as a wrestler. I do not give an ounce of a fuck about Jackson Riker. I don't think he deserves to be on TV, to be honest, but that's not up to me or Chris, so you know what to do about that. Um, overall, though, it did. It was actually a a watchable match. It was actually pretty good. Like I said, I actually like the match type. Um, Jackson Riker did come out with the win. Um, but who cares? I don't I don't really care about Jackson Riker. Yeah. So then uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler lost to uh, Tamina and Natalia. Uh, this was, it, it is what it is with this match, but it did lead to Nia breaking up with Reginald. So, but Ooh. Reginald proceeded to win a 24-7 title. So, so shout out to Reginald. You know, he has. Yo, a place I think to go him to having is gonna be funny because he's gonna be doing some funny ass Jesse White uh, tumbler shit to get out get out these jams. Yeah, he might be. I could see them doing something where where Reginald is like the longest holder of the twenty four seven belt. Possibly, it's a possibility because like his gimmick is just how he gonna get out the jams, G. Yeah. That's gonna be the gimmick for him. Like our true, we had some hilarious moments. I think with Reggie, we're gonna see some like creative ways how the nigga gonna flip out the way and shit. So yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool for him. Uh, Sheamus and Humberto had another match. I'm tired of them niggas, but Sheamus won. So now we got Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I'm all for it. Let's get it. You know. Uh, I don't know what just happened. So yeah, then. Bobby Lashley had an open challenge, uh, which led to the return of Keith Lee. Lee, Which I kind of thought, I don't know why I didn't expect it more, because they weren't in Texas, and he's from Texas, too. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm happy to see Keith Lee back. Uh, Bobby looked dominant, but Keith Lee had his flashes of, like, looking okay, but they did play the he's rusty role with him. So, but Keith Lee did have cross paths again some somewhere down the line this year. Definitely. And once Definitely. Keith Lee gets back into the swing of things, um, yep, so. immediately after the match, unfortunately, we got the confirmation that Bobby Lashley is next on William Goldberg's list of being next. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. That's what yeah. I think of Goldberg G. Fuck that but nigga G. My um my theory with this is I do still think Brock is coming back. I this is just a theory. I'm not even entirely sure if I believe it myself yet. But I think they have Bobby squash Goldberg. You gotta think he about it. It makes sense for them to squash him. Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. The nigga lost to Drew. He lost to fucking Braun Strowman. Bobby beat both of them. Yep. Multiple times. I think Bobby squashes him, and then Brock comes back at SummerSlam to be like, okay, you didn't have your run, but now, you know, 
What you gonna do when you walk into this girl? Bobby not gonna, I mean, Bro- Brock gonna pull out the uh, the the man bun and just gonna flow. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my um, that's my theory for that. I hope you no, know, I just don't. I if if not, I really just don't want to see this match. They is plenty of other guys you could put Bobby up against to set him up for Brock. Even if Brock isn't coming back at SummerSlam, yeah, it's just I'm, you could have done other things for with Bobby. Yeah, I agree. But um, I think but, the best route for them to go to is just have this be a squash match, especially considering that Goldberg can't put put on a match worth the damn that's longer than two or three minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a sprint. His last couple of matches have been that long. Yeah, it's going to be a sprint. It's going to be a very quick, fast-paced ass match. Uh, so it is what it is, and also just a simple fact of Roman don't want to fight Goldberg because he know he that nigga a bitch. So he, you know, you have to do what you right. have to do. And now that I, now that you bring that up, that kind of does be like okay, since they because of his contract, they kind of owe him one of the matches, I guess. So yeah. since it wasn't Roman, I guess it had to be Bobby. Yeah, but either even way, even though it was Drew, I don't know because they they gave it to him with Drew, so I don't know. It is what it is, but just yeah. let it be a sprint. And as long as Bobby come out champ, I'm happy. Uh, Karrion Cross makes his ro- main roster debut, and he fights Jeff Hardy. Jeff uh, Jeff Hardy brought back no more words entrance. Nick's was f- fake happy, um, but Jeff Hardy proceeded to win the match. Uh, and by literally match for no reason by rolling that nigga up. So it is what it is. Fuck Karrion Cross. But I will say this. WWE, if you're going to have this nigga around on the main roster and he does that entrance without his wife, that nigga is nothing more than Damien, a swaggerless Damien Priest. It's funny because. That's not who they who people was comparing him to. They said that man is gonna be hiding right now. No, you're right. And I take that back because I'm a Damian Priest fan. No. That they nigga say, I think they said hiding right. Snitsky before he lost his hair. Um No, who's that one nigga, G? Luther, Luther Reigns. Reigns. There we go. He's gonna be Luther, Luther. fucking Reigns, G. <laughs> That nigga gonna be and nothing but glorified terrain. Both of them, I think the Undertaker had to fight both of them back, back to back. In, in they gave look under they Undertaker. They tried to have Undertaker put them niggas over, and it just didn't work. Geez. And it did not work. Like Vince had a moment where he was trying to get some big niggas over, and it just didn't work. Geez. It just didn't. even though I think carrying crosses, you know, all jokes aside, I think he's gonna be a lot better than than they are. He already is. Yeah, I think but, um, main roster wise, he's was going to overreacting to this loss. Though I don't think it was that big of a loss. Granted, yeah. he is the NXT champion and all, but I don't think it was that big of a deal because once he actually makes his full mainstay on the main roster, he's gonna he's gonna run through a couple guys. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be better in the main roster because things with NXT, it's, it's bigger. It's, it's, actually it's wrestling as wrestling as niggas in NXT. Is wrestling ass wrestling niggas. He's not a wrestling ass wrestling ass nigga, and he doesn't do nothing really like he's not flat flashy like that either. 
he has a very he's a hard hitter. He's a yeah, he's a hard hitter type, but it doesn't have that pizzazz. He doesn't know how to carry a match. You get what I mean? So he right. has to be with another hard hitter. That's why, like, his best match is still the match he had with Keith Lee. Regardless, yeah. it's still his best fucking match. So, so yeah, like, him being the main roster, he, he's going to be with more. It's, it's a more controlled pace compared to NXT. And also, he's working with guys that's at least closer to his size. Exactly. Jeff Hardy was about the same height as him. Yeah, like NXT, that nigga like a fucking giant. But now he's working with people who, who's his actual size, people who it looks realistic that he's fighting with. Right. So, so guys, yeah. like, you know, he'll eventually chop it up with somebody like Sheamus. That'll be good. Probably Damian Priest again. That'll be nice to see. Yeah. Somebody like, um, Possibly a Cesaro one day. Cesaro is somebody that I think hey, he would have a good match. I'm gonna with. say this: if he can't have a good match with Cesaro, that's gonna tell me all I need to know. Yeah, because that's gonna if you tell can't me have all a good I match with Cesaro. Had what's name somebody that Cesaro had a mid tier match with? I can't. Exactly. I can't. So if you can't have a good match with Cesaro. Hey. That's on you. Yeah. G, at that point, you should just count your days to get featured in Deathbed at that point, G. You just got to count your days. But anyway, Raw ends with Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. They have another really good slapper of a match. Um, Charlotte ended up winning by disqualification. No, Char- no, Rhea Ripley won by disqualification because Charlotte was trying to walk away with the belt. Rhea chased her, and Charlotte said, you know, a tap. With the belt, <laughs> so Ray Ripley was uh, so then Ray Ripley got up, they fought, brawled, and then uh, Ray Ripley, Ray Ripley eventually got the upper her hand up to get cashed in on by uh, by Nikki Cross. Nikki I don't Cross think she set her up, but she definitely did one up on Charlotte and she got cashed in on. So, well, no, that's what I mean. Like, she did you know, she did the heavy lifting before the cash. The funny thing is, Nikki Cross came out right before uh, Rhea Ripley did the Riptide. She did? Yes. She came out like like Rhea Ripley, like right before she lifted Charlotte up to do it, she was already out. So <laughs> it was like. Um, it was happening regardless, man. Yeah, it was going to happen regardless, but it was just like the, the timing, timing was funny. Because at that point, it was like Ray Ripley did Riptide and threw her ass in the ring. It was like, all right, we're going to do this. But yeah, but shout out to uh, Charlotte for letting Nikki Cross have this moment. Really dope. Happy for her um, and all of that. NXT was okay. I literally just finished it before we started uh, recording. It was decent. Um, that big nigga in the breakout tournament, uh, Odyssey Jones. He looks he looks a little promising. I like I like what I saw from yeah. him. He, he kinda he's he kinda look, he looks like a more upbeat version of Mark Henry. Yes. He's Mark Henry with Keith Lee's athleticism. Yeah, and that's pretty scary. That's a scary nigga. Because Keith Lee's very fucking athletic for his size. But this dude is Mark Henry's size. And yeah. I think he even pays homage to Mark Henry because he wore the similar 
uh, yeah, the, get the up there. Mark Henry wore, I think, Nation and Domination Mark Henry. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I, I see something with him. I'm glad he won. But, uh, so, yeah. So I don't think he wins the breakout tournament, though. I feel like he somehow gets screwed in a way. Yeah. Possibly. Because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be that, uh, that nigga. I can't think of his name. But he's been on NXT the past few weeks. He had that match against... The guy that won Adam. last week? No, no. Not the guy that won last week. He's another dude. He's, he fought Adam Cole a few weeks ago. He, you remember the dude say Rufus Aggression? Oh, that guy. He was the, the black guy. Yeah, I, I want to call that nigga Black Carlito. Oh, I, think his, I think his name is Carmelo Hayes or something. There we go, Carmelo Hayes. There we go. I think yeah. he's going to win. Yeah, I think he's going to win. So I kind of like what I saw from him too. I, I like. I like him. He's, like, he's going to be really so good. The main thing that I'm I'm glad that both of them have is that they actually seem to have some type of personality there. I see a little bit of that. Hey, look, these new era of black wrestlers have personalities. G, we should be happy. So, yeah. Like, like we don't have to just be known as athletic, talented niggas. Shout to Benjamin. Uh. And all of that. So, and I love Shelton Benjamin, but the most personality he had was when I did my season with him. Was my, no, not the gold standard. My season I did with him on SmackDown versus Raw, and he had all the gold. (laughs) Niggas, literally, I I had Shelton Benjamin as that nigga, G. I've had that nigga have the IC belt. He had the. Uh, whatever the main, well, the heavyweight or whatever, W title, tag team champ, he was out here, G. That's the, that was the most personality he had. Him. But, yeah, so. Um, but yeah, I'm glad. That, overall, I'm glad to see guys come in like that. Like, having that personality and that charisma, that helps a black wrestler specifically a lot more than it, than it would anybody else. But it's, it's plenty of plenty of you know natural athletes in the WWE. But what's gonna separate you is your character and your your personality. Mm-hmm. Charisma. So but yeah, so shout out to uh what else happened on it. Oh, Samoa Joe was on the prowl for uh Carrie and Cross. But Carrie and Cross didn't pop up until the he end. He said, nah, I was on Raw last night. I, I don't feel like coming in. <laughs> exactly. See, like nigga, I lost to Jeff Hardy. <laughs> like I'm not coming in, G. Fuck that. But, but he came to beat up William Regal because he, because if you are for some reason in the NXT parking lot, you will get jumped. We didn't ask me. <laughs> Literally, that's the worst place to be is in the NXT parking lot. So it is what <laughs> it is when it comes to that. Kyle O'Reilly fought um, what's that? Boy fought name? Austin Theory in a, Austin in a pretty Theory. good match. It was yeah, that good match. I have no complaints and Kyle O'Reilly won. Yeah. Um oh, Diamond Mine Diamond Mine had a match. Yeah. It they opened. beat um they beat Bobby Fish and Kushida. Yeah. I believe. Yep. Uh Hit Row Records had a moment uh with um uh What you predicted. Yep. You predicted it, collision course. The difference is Hit Row is engaging with them niggas. Hey, your so name is like they said, look, we coming first. for y'all fade. Even though it's like, gee, like why y'all chasing niggas to fight 
Isaiah Swerve, but it is what it is. But uh, that should be a fun little thing. Got we have uh, literally the blacks versus Mexicans at Curie all over again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was it. AW, um, I pretty much caught the end of Fighter Fest Night One, and pretty much it was a Texas Death Match between uh what's that big nigga name Lance Archer and uh John Moxley and they were poking each other with forks and then John Moxley proceeded to go through a table of barbed wire and he and then Lance Archer won and then some big Samoan nigga from New Japan came out um but I did not see the show at all, to yeah, be honest. So that's that, that's all. But let's just talk about the big AEW rumor as of right now. The word on the street is that damn Brian. Now I'm gonna say this. See this thing. I don't. This I this never heard of this. Anybody that's a reasonable source. This is not a legit. I never heard of this source before, ever. It's not from Fight Club. Boss it's, fights or something. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it's not from Dave Meltzer. It's not from Fightful. It's not from uh. That sap nigga, uh, none of the like, none of the legit none like legit movie. wrestling sources. Will you be like if you heard it from them? You'd be like, ah, oh. okay, maybe it's some smoke around. Yeah, it's some smoke to it. But to say that damn Ryan outright signed, I'm like, okay, nah. we gotta wait and see. That's what you see. The I same thing with CM Punk. They, CM, they look, believe CM Punk is, but that rumor comes up every that's, year. Yeah, that's bullshit. I won't believe CM Punk wants to wrestle no more. If he wanted to wrestle, he would have been came back to wrestle. But if Daniel Bryan has indeed signed with AEW, uh, applause to them because you literally probably gave that man tons time, and tons that's of probably creative. The most legit song. Yeah, and you had, but at the same time, I don't give a fuck. That night he debuts. You put a referee in that ring. You tell Kenny Omega to get out that fucking mat, get out the ring, and you tell that nigga to lay down, lay on his stomach, and get put in the less yes lock. And you put that belt on Daniel Bryan, and you figure it out from there. Simple as that. Because you have, that. if you sign Daniel Bryan, you're in the position that TNA was back when they signed Kurt Angle. You have the, the most legitimate wrestler you could sign that's not named Roman Reigns or John Cena. You put you put him, you skyrocketed him to the top. There's no, there's no, oh, he has to start from here type shit. I don't want to hear that. I don't. I'm not, no, I, he don't have to go through nobody. He don't have to go through Hunter Hearst Rhodes to, to, you know, earn his keep. Fuck all that. This is Daniel Ryan's show. Yep. Because when Kurt Angle popped up, on impact, who's on business? Jeff Jarrett bent over for him. If anything, think about that. Think about that. Him. Jeff Jarrett was—he's putting the broomstick up the ass of it, of TNA at the time. Let's just the say only that. Thing, the only thing that Jeff Jarrett could have done to Kurt Angle, which was take his wife. That's all he could have done. And at the he end did. of the day, he did that. But regardless, Kurt, it was a fair trade. Kurt Angle took over TNA. Jeff Jarrett took his wife. 
That's how that's how it needs to be. Now, Perk Daniel Bryan will be a very fun moment in time. But also, I pray for that man's neck. Damn, bro, it's too many parallels here. Yeah, please Yo, these, don't put, these, do not <laughs> do not put Daniel Bryan in any death matches. Please do. I think it's AEW. Gee, death matches is part is part of being elite. Thing. They already overdoing it. How many death matches have they had in one year? Most of them involve John Moxley. Still, and then, if you, unless you count the, then they be having group death matches too, which makes it even more unique because now everybody's dying. But uh, exactly. well, that's part of the another one too. of all elite wrestling. Just basically today, he's facing um Chris Jericho in a uh, in a death match just in the next coming weeks, I guess. See, I think his name is Nick Gage. He's like a death. He's supposed to be that that dude that's like a death match expert or some shit. Gee, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> I'm not shit. mad if this is their main gimmick. But it's like, damn, like make it, it special. It, like, come on, bro. But if Daniel Bryan does indeed sign, that is huge for them. Like, yeah. you, you did a good job picking up. Res, not even just respectable. It's one thing to sign respectable WWE talent, like Impact. It was one thing to sign Jeff Hardy, Christian Cage, <laughs> past his prime, Booker <laughs> T. It's different when you get when they got Kurt Angle in his prime. That's different. Now you, you Kurt Angle legitimized them. He was, yeah, even he, though they he, were building up he legitimized them in a way that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. With AEW, you get Daniel Bryan. You said, okay. Now, why well, I'm not going to sit and say, oh my God, we can compete because at the end of the day, one man doesn't make a company. Unless it's, exactly. you have a Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan type, John Cena type. No. Because Daniel Bryan, as great of a wrestler he is, he isn't – He does he sell tickets? Yes and no. But he's not a face of the company type guy. Yeah. Regardless when it comes to WWE, it's a bag. And regardless – they know how th- their top guys are faces of wrestling. Because when you think of wrestling, yes, you think of the top guy in WWE. That's big, how it is. Their big names become bigger than wrestling. Exactly. But with Daniel Bryan, you have somebody who you legit legitimize. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. But also, it just says how, where we at in terms of wrestling, where you have, like I've been saying, you have Multiple places you can go to and wrestle, whether if you tired of. And thing is, WWE did right by Dan Bryan. If anything, they protected that man's neck, so he can exactly. have a chance to be like, "Oh shit!" Legitimize his career. I won't say legitimize, but extend his career longer than he than he wanted than it, we could have expected. Yeah. And then on top of it. Had this opportunity to be like, okay, let me just go elsewhere and see what what I can do. But it does legitimize AEW. I will give Tony Khan a lot of credit. He has a bag, and he's using it. You sign. Yeah, there's no reason. It's no reason you have to be a fool to pass up on Daniel Bryan and not give him the money that he has. Exactly. 
Like, you have to be a fool. Because the thing is, he's going to at least show up every week. Exactly. Even though he's saying he wants a very limited type schedule, my assumption is he's only going to pop up on TV. Uh, for at least the Which beginning. That's the yeah. only place you really need him to, because that's where you broadcast your product at. Exactly. But, like I said, I will have an issue with if he doesn't debut. I don't care when he debuts. It could be probably next week for all we know. But that nigga walks but in the also, ring with his ring gear. That, you still have to you still have to build up the guys that you do have too. Like Kingman Page, he should still he should still be next up. You just got Aleister Black. You know, don't have Cody bury him. For Cody's gonna be Cody at the end of the day. Cody's gonna be Cody at the end of the day. When it comes to that, he's gonna be him. Nothing you can do about it. I mean, that. I'm not saying you should have Cody. You know, Cody get buried himself. But you can put over two guys without burying one of the other guys or making one of them look weaker than they need to. Yep, but if it is true, shot the AW. If it's false, you niggas look stupid as fuck. And I means that. But um, anything else in wrestling? No, I think we good. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this shit up. Yeah, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, we appreciate you niggas. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at 3s from the ring, 3s from the ring. Subscribe to the, uh, subscribe, like, comment, follow everything on the uh, YouTube page. Uh, new episode of Black Otakus is up. New 3s, uh, I mean, of course, this episode of 3s from the ring. Timeless vibes. We got content. Make sure you check that shit out. Uh... If you listening to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you have yet to subscribe, subscribe, follow, all of that. If you can like, like, rate, rate. If you can, do all of the above. And make sure you copy some merch, youtubemedia.net. We appreciate the support. We appreciate those that's fucking with us. Datro uh, will be back next week. And we'll uh, talk about whatever's been going on. Uh, since NBA is officially in offseason mode, the show gets flipped if you are new to the shit. Wrestling comes first now because it's what's popping, barring a UFC event or barring a major event in basketball. We will have some very unique basketball content for you guys. I mean it this time around. As in, we're going to watch the 2004, no, the 2005 NBA Finals of the Spurs versus Pistons. And you niggas with no pain. You niggas with no pain. Well, we will. We got to sit back and watch. Yep. And then we will give you guys special wrestling content as well since that is going to be the more main focus of the show for most of the summer. But thanks yep. for listening and peace. See you next week.